This is How to Confidently Tackle Your Pricing, written and narrated by me, Christina Fenner. I see you, and I see your struggle. Constantly second-guessing if you're charging too much, too little, and wondering if your clients will drop like flies if you do actually raise your prices. I get it, I've been there, and I still sometimes get the heebies when I add a few digits to my pricing. So, let's talk about it. Let's release those limiting beliefs and understand why you sometimes feel like a sleazy used car salesman when you send over your pricing guide to a potential client. I need to be straight with you. I can't tell you exactly how much you should be charging. Anyone who says that they have a perfect mathematical formula to give you an exact number is just blowing smoke up your ass. Sure, there are some general calculations that you can and should make. We'll talk about those later. But ultimately, your pricing structure is something that you and only you can create and feel good about. If you haven't listened to my podcast episode, Imposter Syndrome, then I highly suggest pausing this now, listening to that episode first, and then coming back to listen to this. All right, to get us started, here are some common pricing mistakes that I see often occur. Mistake number one, you look at what other people in your area are charging Then just pick a number somewhere in the middle just to be safe. Okay, are you striving to be mediocre? Do you want to just blend in with the herd? Because that's exactly what you're setting yourself up for. I know it feels like a safe move, especially when you're first getting started, and you're probably thinking, okay, these guys seem to be making it work at these prices. They haven't been thrown out in the streets naked while onlookers throw stones and berate their pricing guide, so I should be good. This is a mistake because you have to remember that everyone's situation is different. Everyone's business structure, financial needs, and circumstances vary. If your service is your full-time job and you need to buy groceries with your session fees, your pricing needs to be different than someone who is just looking to book a few sessions for some extra target cash. And no, it doesn't matter how long you've been in business for, so get that right out of your head. Mistake number two undercutting everyone in your area, thinking that this is the magic secret to loads of clients and overflowing cash. Have you ever heard of the term bottom feeder? By being the cheapest in town, you are attracting bottom feeders. Gosh, I know that sounds harsh, but I have been in the bottom feeder frenzy, and I can tell you with certainty that this is not where you want to be. Sure, you'll attract some clients, but these are the clients who are looking to get everything for a dollar. A two-hour session with unlimited outfit changes, four locations for 50 bucks, plus your left kidney? Great, sign me up. Generally, these are the clients who don't value you or your work and will likely haggle you over your already ridiculously low pricing, no matter how good your work is. Plus, you really won't be taking any clients away from anyone. Perceived value is like a magical unicorn. You can't see it, but it is so powerful. If you're putting it out to the world that your biggest asset is that you're the cheapest in town, then the clients you actually want to work with aren't going to book you no matter how good your work is because they will perceive you as cheap or even a scam. Mistake number three, you're always shooting for free or constantly hosting free session giveaways. I get the thought process here. You're trying to just get people in front of your lens to build your portfolio, build momentum, gain experience, or even try to upsell prints or an album afterwards. 
I can't knock your hustle here. I know that you're just trying to get your name out there, and I commend you for that. I did so many free sessions when I was first starting out. And while I do think that there is some value in this, you have to be intentional and you have to set boundaries and rules for yourself if you want to turn your side hobby into a paying gig. First thing, never publicly share to the masses that you're hosting a free session or model call. I see so many photographers doing this so frequently, and I'll tell you straight up, if you're constantly shouting to the masses, free, 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 then likely nobody is going to book an actual paid session because they'll just wait a month for your next free model call. Now, I get it. Sometimes we really do actually need a model call for a promotional shoot or something like that. Instead, I suggest creating a VIP group of people who have already invested in your services prior. You know, people who have already handed over some cold, hard cash. They should be the ones rewarded with a not-so-frequent opportunity for a free session at your benefit. Or reach out privately to your friends or family. Whenever I get a new lens, or most recently, a new camera, I reach out to my sisters to see if they want some updated photos. They never say no, and it's not a stretch for the public to assume that I'm probably not charging them anyway. And that's okay. So if you're listening to this and you're like, oh shit, that's me, and you've been hosting free session giveaways or model calls left and right, this is your sign to stop. Remember perceived value. If you are always advertising free sessions, then you are inevitably telling the world that your work is not worth whatever you're charging and no one is paying for your work. This is self-sabotage. The minute that I started to gain traction of paying clients in my business, even though I was only charging 75 bucks at the time, I cold turkey stopped my free sessions. I knew that people were starting to think that I was worth paying for, and I was going to run with it. I encouraged this mindset, and even though I was constantly second-guessing my pricing and thought that 75 bucks was outrageous to charge... I forced myself to continue sending over my pricing guide every time someone inquired. I have a part B to this mistake, and it's for some photographers who may have a different work-to-cash strategy, and that is upselling prints or albums after a free shoot. Okay, this makes me die a little bit inside. I get it, your goal is to grab initial attention and bookings by offering a free session and then either charging for the prints, an album, or even digital images afterwards. Sounds pretty good in theory, but ultimately you are leaving it to the customer's discretion to determine whether or not you are going to be paid, period. You cannot tell the customer that they have to buy the prints or the images. What if, worst case scenario, they say, no, I don't really like the images and I don't have any interest in buying prints. And well, you're kind of shit out of luck because you can't force them. After all, the session, i.e. your time, was free, remember? Don't provide the customer with the opportunity to determine whether or not your time was worth paying for. Because girlfriend, whether or not this is your literal day one as a photographer your time is always worth something. Sometimes when I'm really freaking out about something, I think about the facts. What are the facts and what is the worst case scenario? The facts in this situation are that you can charge whatever the hell you want because there is no rule book. Worst case scenario, nobody books you because of your high pricing and you'll have to lower them a bit. 
Now, I know that you would probably rather cut off your right arm than to have to tuck your tail between your legs and lower your price. But it's not the end of the world or the demise of your business, really. There's no rule that says you can't decrease or increase your prices as needed. What if you did bump up that price? And what if you did actually book a client at that higher price? You'd be like, oh shit, okay, I could get used to this. But you'd think that for about two seconds and then doubt, or sometimes what we like to call reason, will immediately kick in and you'll convince yourself that it was all just a fluke. And that's when you need to step away from your computer. Test it out. See if it really was a fluke and give it a minute to breathe. You should then determine a cutoff point based on the average amount of bookings or inquiries that you normally receive within an allotted time frame. For me, this is a little different because my pricing is listed right out on my website for the world to see. So generally, when I receive an inquiry, they have already seen my pricing and it hasn't scared them off. So after I raise my prices, if I get at least three inquiries within a month, that gives me enough confidence to keep those higher prices. There has only been one time in the past 10 years when I lowered my prices after raising them. And it was because I didn't follow my own rule of just letting it breathe. I increased my prices and immediately had anxiety about it. Mind you, I only increased it by like 200 bucks, but it totally freaked me out. To be specific, this is when my price went from 2800 to 3000 And seeing that three in there made me feel so icky. Who was I to be charging three grand? Within 24 hours, my price was back down to $2,800. 2 weeks later, I grew some balls and did some positive self-talk, which probably involved something like, you are Christina Fenner and you are worth every penny, and I bumped my prices back up to $3,000. And guess what? I still booked clients and I have continued to raise my prices since. This may be a little different for you if you don't have your prices listed or if you're not a wedding photographer. Trust me, if you specialize in seniors or families, you're probably booking way more sessions and receiving a lot more inquiries than I do. So you could say, if I don't book five seniors this month with my updated pricing, then I'll know it's too high or something like that. Whatever makes you feel good and confident about your decision. Hell, even if it's booking one session this month with the updated pricing, whatever you need, but stick to it. Take it as a sign from the universe that your higher prices are just fine. Remember that a pricing decision never has to be final. Think about airline tickets. Those prices fluctuate all the time for the exact same seat on the exact same plane. I am certainly not suggesting that you take the airline approach to your pricing structure, but just know that it is okay to make changes if and when you need to. All right, so let's get down to it and let's talk about some actual calculations and decisions you need to make when determining your prices. Remember that I said at the beginning of the episode, I can't give you an exact number, but I can give you some points of calculation to give you a rough starting point. In my podcast episode, Imposter Syndrome, I talked about how the idea of determining how much your time is worth felt pretty bougie and borderline ridiculous. However, now it's time to put some math behind that concept. Just a disclaimer, I am not qualified, nor am I properly educated whatsoever in finance or any of the shit I'm about to share with you. This is just what's worked with me, which I'm choosing to share with you. 
I also want to mention that I feel quite a bit of pressure here because my dad listens to all of my podcast episodes and he literally teaches this stuff to his students every single day. So I really hope I get this right and I'm not totally embarrassing myself. Okay, so first, you'll need to figure out how much time you spend from start to finish, from inquiry to gallery delivery for one session. You can literally time yourself to get a more precise number. And yes, I did say that this timer needs to start from initial inquiry because remember, you are spending time replying to an email or sending a pricing guide. This is commonly overlooked by photographers because we have a knack for thinking that the only time that actually counts is when we're actively shooting, and that's just not true. Once you have this amount of time calculated, then you'll need to figure out what your overhead costs or monthly business expenses are, like website hosting, equipment purchases, etc., including gas money or travel. Yes, this can be a pain in the ass to figure all this up, but it's important. Once you have added up the amount of overhead costs it takes just to keep your business up and running, now you have your base or your operating cost that you will need to include in your price for every single session. So even if you only book one session that month, you'll know with certainty that your overhead costs are accounted for. I'm not done here. We're not here to just pay for operating costs. Next, take the amount of time that you calculated from initial inquiry to gallery delivery and decide what you want to make per hour. Be generous, seriously. Because as we all know, some sessions are a breeze and take 20 minutes to edit, while others are a nightmare and take 20 hours to finish. By including a cushion to your hourly rate, you're making up for those nightmare sessions. And lastly, take your hourly rate times the amount of time that it takes to complete your session, add your operating cost, and then maybe add a zero in there for shits and giggles and you're on your way to a solid and profitable price point. If you're struggling with determining what an appropriate hourly rate should be, instead decide on a financial goal that you want to achieve every single session or every month. For example, your goal might be, I want to be able to pay my Wi-Fi bill with one session, or I want to have 100 bucks in fun money for Target each month. For me, this was a lot easier, and it's exactly how I determined my regular engagement session pricing. I wanted to be able to pay for two of our monthly bills with one session, minus my overhead cost. A few years ago, I did this calculation for myself with my then-existing prices, and I realized that I could flip burgers at McDonald's for more than I was profiting per hour, and I wanted to puke. Seriously, my pricing was way off. I encourage you to test your current prices against the formula and see where you land right now. Maybe you'll be like I was, covered in fryer grease, or maybe you're Beyonce level. And if that's the case, my hat's off to you. But why does this happen so often? Why are photographers, or rather, really any service-based business owners, ending up making pennies? It's because we get tricked into the bigger total fee or the big price. It's a classic mistake. Sure, $1,000 all at once to shoot for one day at a wedding sounds like a dream. But we're not thinking about all the time that it takes to actually turn these images into a deliverable product with editing and post-processing. Not to mention the time we spent before the wedding actually booking the client, also known as customer acquisition cost. Mr. Wonderful would be so proud. 
We're also not thinking about the equipment we've purchased or our overhead cost or the investment that we've already made to even get ourselves to the point of being able to be hired in the first place. Okay, so now that we've talked numbers, it's important to address the fact that you have some responsibility in making those numbers justifiable. Remember perceived value, the magical unicorn? If you are asking people to spend a certain amount of money, it's in your best interest to make sure that you look the part. And no, I don't mean by your physical appearance. What I do mean, however, is by your online appearance. If your shoddy website is filled with broken links that you haven't gotten around to fix yet, or your homepage is filled with annoyingly small text, your perceived value has decreased by a zero or two. Simple as that. Consumers are ruthless these days and have little to no time for bullshit. When I was hunting for a wedding photographer, I found someone with beautiful work on Instagram and I scrolled for quite a while. I was ready to inquire, clicked on the web link, and saw website coming soon with no other information, redirection, or anything. And I immediately X'd out. I know, I know, websites need to be revamped all the time. But you should never deny a potential customer access to at least something. My perceived value of this girl's Instagram was super high, and I was even willing to pay more than I charge for my own weddings. But when I saw that I couldn't even access a website, my perceived value that I had of her business plummeted. I lost interest right away and, quite frankly, was kind of turned off because what this denial of information told me was that she's not really all that interested in providing her potential clients with all the resources or access to explore her work further. Call me old-fashioned, but if I'm considering handing over a check with a comma in it, you damn well know that I'm not starting off the conversation by sliding into someone's DMs. Your online presence, both social media and your website, need to be both easily accessible and easy to navigate. And yes, I'm looking at you guys who haven't decided to yet pay 12 bucks a year for a custom URL address. I'm not saying that you need to have a custom-coded designer website, but what I am saying is that you need to make sure that however you're presenting your business to the world, no matter what platform, needs to match your pricing. Your perceived value needs to be just as high as your actual prices. Okay, sure. Maybe I'm a little more biased and picky than your average bride-to-be, but take this lesson seriously. Every single human automatically determines their perceived value of something within seconds, but it most often occurs subconsciously. So it's important to be aware of how you're portraying your business to the world so you can ensure that your perceived value is high to potential customers. This is exactly where those little things that you don't really think anyone notices or doesn't really make much of a difference actually have a huge impact. You know, like the $12 custom URL address. I want to encourage you to take an audit of your website, social media, and anything that plays a role in your online presence. Fine-tune it, tweak it, because I promise you, small changes add up to big results. So when do we know when it's time to raise our prices? Well, do you want to make more money? Then yes, raise them. (laughs) Okay, okay, I wish that it was just that simple, but here are some things to consider that might make your price jump a little more justifiable. 
The first and most common is experience and or length of time in the business. I don't ever think that this is the only price justification, nor is it the most important. There are shitty photographers who have been in business for 10 years, and there are great photographers that have been in business for one year. Yes, level of experience does and should impact your price, but ultimately it's up to you to determine by how much. Next is skill and quality of work. This is probably the most obvious, but it doesn't always correlate with the length of time in business or experience level. I'm going to tell you to take this with a grain of salt, but if your peers are telling you that your prices are too low for your quality of work, time to raise your price. Next is personal and or business investment. Did you drop 5k on new equipment or education for the upcoming season? Great, raise your price. And lastly is profit. Are you happy with how much you're making? Do you want to be making more? Have you set a financial goal? Remember that financial goals should change as our business grows. Let's not play shy. I have no shame in saying that we work because we want to make money. Yes, we love our job and all that happy bullshit, but at the end of the day, we're here to make money, and that's perfectly okay to say. So if you want to increase those dollars in your wallet, raise your price. But do it the smart way by following along with what I've outlined in this episode. Phew. This is a lot, I know, and maybe I've pushed your buttons a little, or maybe you might be feeling a little defensive. That's okay, I get it. Money can be such a touchy subject, and nobody really likes to talk about it, myself included, despite the fact that I've just talked about it for an entire episode. Regardless if you agree with everything that I've just said, I want you to take this as permission to release those doubts and raise your prices. Yes, you will still probably feel queasy every time you increase your prices, but that's totally normal. My goal is that over time, you'll start to recognize that price increases and adjustments are just a necessary part of business and not a personal reflection of you as a person. You're not going to be in every single person's price range or price justification, no matter what you charge. Trust me, there will always be someone who thinks you're too expensive And there will also be someone who thinks you're too cheap. If you haven't already listened to my podcast episode, You're Not Everyone's Photographer, seriously, take a listen. No, this is not a cheap plug for myself. It really will help you break through some of those limiting belief barriers around feeling like you need to fit into everyone's budget. Look, I have no weird feelings about acknowledging the fact that I am one of the most expensive wedding photographers in my area. I don't say that to brag. I say that as a piece of encouragement. Remember, I charged 300 bucks for the first wedding that I shot, and I have literally been at every single price point in between. I didn't just wake up one day and decide to put a comma in my pricing. It really is like that song by Drake, but I by no means think that I have now made it or I am now an expert on all things photography and pricing. I'm just here sharing the shit that I wish someone would have told me when I was just getting started. I see some young and upcoming photographers in my area with amazing skill, charging a solid amount for their services, and I think, yeah girl, you get that cash. It doesn't make me resentful because it took me four years to charge what she's now charging in year two, and I don't feel like she needs to put in the time or earn her stripes to somehow become worthy of charging a certain amount. Quite frankly, this negative outlook is exactly what I experienced when I was new and upcoming. Even though I was charging way under what I should have been, I still got backlash for it. 
Looking back now, I can confidently say that those negative opinions had nothing to do with me, but all to do with the lack of confidence in that other person. Don't worry about what other people are charging. Unless they are paying your bills, don't give it a second thought. Listen, you are not only doing yourself, but your customers a favor by charging for your work. And it's not just about the money here. I love the phrase, people who pay, pay attention. And what this means is by charging for your work, we are giving people the opportunity to invest in something that they will take seriously. For example, if I have a couple who knows that they are paying 300 bucks for an engagement session, the guy is probably more likely to shave his scraggly beard and not show up in a worn out graphic tee, therefore making himself look nicer, resulting in better looking images. This not only will make his lady happy, but you will now also have nice looking images to share that will further send the message that yes, this is a real business with real paying clients who are investing their time and energy into looking their best for their session. Okay, I know this sounds a little superficial, but it is true. If people have some skin in the game, they're much more likely to not only take the product or the result, but you as a business owner more seriously. And that's exactly what we all want. Am I right? I touch on this topic in the podcast episode, Imposter Syndrome, but we often have a really hard time with feeling bad for charging for our work. We often say things to ourselves like, oh, my job really isn't that hard, or I don't really deserve to be making this much. What if someone calls me out or accuses me of ripping them off? It is very normal to think things like this but it's also very important to get yourself out of this mindset. Your time and your work is worth paying for. The easiest way to get out of this mindset is to just suck it up, set those higher prices, and let your continued bookings be the assurance that you need. Look, I really try to keep most of the stuff I share based on facts and information, but I do believe that there's definitely a little more to it than that. If you have made the decision to crawl out on a limb with an entrepreneurial spirit, you have balls. It is scary to think about the fact that you alone have the responsibility to turn your actions into cash. There's no boss or company owner steering the ship and making these big decisions for you. Yes, it is hard and it is scary to determine pricing, and it does take a little risk, some faith, and big balls. It might not turn out exactly how you hoped, and you might have to pivot. But honestly, you can either sit there and continue to charge your low price and wish you were making more, or you can take the risk, set those higher prices, and see if the spaghetti sticks to the wall. Well, this has been the longest podcast episode I've ever recorded to date, but for good reason. If you've made it here to the end, thank you. I know it can be hard to change those old beliefs and thinking patterns surrounding those dollar signs. Two of the best resources in my favorite books are Get Rich, Lucky Bitch by Denise Duffield Thomas and You Are a Badass at Making Money by Jen Sincero. These two books have truly changed my mindset and helped give me the courage to keep adding zeros to my session fees. I highly recommend the audiobook versions of these two because Both of the authors narrate these books themselves, and they are so good. Thank you so much for tuning in, and I hope that these little truth nuggets have given you the pricing kick in the ass that I know you probably needed. Cheering you on from my bank account, Christina.